We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything. Lakers, your Lakers get the win that they needed so badly. The Lakers take down the Phoenix Suns. Final score, 122 to 111. Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves leading the way, scoring for the Lakers. 27 for AD, 26 for Russell, 25 for Austin Reeves, the new starter. Austin Reeves moving into the starting lineup in place of Malik Beasley. 38 points, and Austin Reeves was critical in this win, but so was D'Lo, so was AD. He's alive. Anthony Davis wakes up in the second half of the game, dominates, does all the stuff that you could ask him to do. AD, welcome back. Can we get more of this, please? But the Lakers, with the win, taking a peek, at the standings here, that bumps them back into the play-in, currently in a tie with the Dallas Mavericks. Unfortunately, the Lakers do not have the tiebreaker there due to their record against the Mavs this season. But both the Lakers and the Mavs at 36 and 37. That's right, the Lakers one game below 500. The Lakers will have a chance to move above 500 on Friday when they take on the Thunder. The Thunder have been playing fantastic basketball. That is not going to be an easy task for the Lakers. But... Tonight, the Lakers get the win. We're going to break down the whole thing. Welcome in, those of you who are joining me live over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel and then turn on notifications. That way you get notified every time we put out a new video. We do different breakdowns all the time, podcasts that get posted posted to the channel. And then, of course, subscribe to the podcast, Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. That way you can take us with you wherever you go. You got to go do yard work or something like that. Throw on the podcast. You don't have to sit and, and just watch the video. So you've got different options there for our Lakers Nation content. Um, I am pe- taking a peek at the chat. I would imagine people are very excited. Yes, yes, yes. I am seeing a lot of people are excited here. And they should be. And they should be. Again, this was the win the Lakers so very badly needed uh, in order to get the job done. And, uh, and move up, move back into the playoffs. I know, 10 seed, look, it's going to be a tight race. It's going to be close all the way through. Uh, there's going to be, this is going to be a battle for the Lakers. 
Big day tomorrow. LeBron James being reevaluated tomorrow. So there's a lot, a long way to go here still. But this was a win the Lakers badly needed, and they got it done. And I was thrilled to see it happen. Austin, someone with a username, Austin Reeves, says, Los Angeles, this is for you. My goodness. We were talking about this on playback. If you haven't done it yet, please join us on playback for the games. Look, especially when we get these wins, these tense moments, these tense situations, getting to watch these games together. It's such a great experience. I enjoy it so much, being able to watch games with Lakers fans, with Lakers Nation, get to hang out together, watch the games, celebrate together. It is a blast. Playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. That's where you find all of the Lakers games. We stream every single game there. We hang out. We have a good time. We watch the games together. Um, we were saying over there that somebody was asking, well, when LeBron comes back, do you go back to Malik Beasley? Because in theory, Austin's playmaking isn't as much of a value if LeBron's on the floor because LeBron and D'Lo both can act as, as ball handlers. And then Austin's ball handling might be a little bit superfluous. No, um, we're at a point with what Austin is doing right now where fit isn't, it doesn't matter. He's, he's playing so much better than Beasley right now. And Beasley, you know, hit some shots tonight, but he has been so good, you cannot take him off the floor. Darvin Ham played him 38 minutes, and that is going to need to be the plan moving forward because Austin has been that good. You are, you need this right now. You are writing this from here on out because Austin has been tremendous. There were moments where Austin took over this game, um, especially early when AD was struggling to get going. He's been fantastic. He's been fantastic. Ball and Wallen said, good win. Uh, we were locked in. Austin Reeves is the Laker Luka. <laughs> kind of, I guess. A little different the way they play, but I, I, I guess I could see it. But um, locked in. And that's really, that's the big thing here that I think we need to talk about besides just the game Austin had, the game D'Angelo Russell had, the game Anthony Davis had. We also need to talk about the Lakers as a team. I thought defensively did a fantastic job against the Phoenix Suns tonight. I thought their schemes were wonderful. There were, of course, some slip-ups here and there. But in general, I thought the Lakers did a really nice job against the Suns. The Suns hit some tough shots in the early going, but... I liked a lot of what we saw the Lakers do defensively. And then uh, Vando defending Booker. What a difference he makes. I mean, you saw it when he picked up that fourth foul on the, the tough call. I thought it should have been a foul on Devin Booker. Winds up being a foul on Vanderbilt. It's his fourth foul. He gets pulled out. Suddenly, Devin Booker goes on a run. Vando was doing a great job just denying Booker, not letting him get the ball, pestering him. It's these kind of matchups when the other team has a high-scoring two through four, a two, three, or four, that Vando is going to shine. That's when he's at his best. When their best player is a two, three, or four, that is Jared Vanderbilt's opportunity to be a pest, to be a guy who just annoys and agitates that player and creates issues for them. Now, again, Devin Booker finished with a great game, but a lot of those points were coming not against Jared Vanderbilt, uh, and that was either they got a switch or, or Vanderbilt was in foul trouble and, and he got out. When he was out there on Booker, he did a tremendous, tremendous job in this game. And the Lakers, again, their team defense, I thought was very good in this one. Ben Mason said, much better win than last time. I still have confidence we could get to the seventh seed, possibly even six, if they take care of business from there. Um, yeah, so let me take a quick peek at the standings here. And I'll just read them off to everybody. The Lakers are sitting in 10. 
They are half a game behind OKC. Obviously, if they win Friday, that would move them ahead of OKC. Uh, they're half a game behind the Wolves, who tragically won tonight. They, two nights in a row. The Thunder won last night by a point against the Clippers. Why Leonard didn't even attempt the shot on the final possession to win the game. Uh, that was mind-blowing. Good job by Lou Dort, but still. Uh, and then the Wolves. Questionable call at the very end. Cat gets Carl Anthony Towns. Welcome back, by the way. Gets two free throws. And uh, and the Wolves go up and, and win by one. Really unfortunate. Twice, two nights in a row, the Wolves and the Thunder win by one point. Games they easily could have lost, and that would change the way the standings look. But bottom line, yes, the Lakers are a half game back of the eight or seven seed right now. They are also a game and a half back of the Warriors. This is part of why I was hoping the Warriors would actually win tonight's game against the Mavs because the Lakers have the tiebreaker with the Warriors. So I think the seven or eight seed, they're, they're still very much in play. This win helps with that. The Jazz losing tonight also helped. You're up half a game right now on both the Jazz and New Orleans. And um, yeah, look, in 10 games, it's not out of the question. It's not out of the question. Nine games left now for the Lakers. Tyler said the three guys who needed to step up for us did. Good win. Um, Reeves looks like a star in the making. Let's get to 500 by Friday. Um, yeah, look. This is... This is just incredible what Austin Reeves has been doing. And this will be now the third opportunity, I believe, for Austin for the Lakers to get to 500. Both times before they've lost. Are they going to grit their teeth? Because they're going to have to. Are they going to grit their teeth and find a way to get a win over OKC? Because OKC is going to be tough. And I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander, it'll be the second night of a back-to-back for OKC, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to play. Uh, in back-to-backs now, according to the Thunder. So you're going to have to deal with him. The Thunder will fight you tooth and nail. They're extremely well-coached. They're a very good team. And uh, and they've been playing great, great basketball. So that's going to be a battle. But if you can find a way to get the win, you will be above 500. Uh, all right, joining me now, we've got Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, how are you doing? Great, man. Lakers got a massive win tonight. And really quickly, shout out to the coaching staff. Phenomenal job tonight. Yeah, I really like the defensive schemes that we saw from the Lakers tonight. Just the the way they approached this game defensively, I thought made life difficult. I know, Sean, you were, you, I think you're, this was maybe your favorite moment when the Lakers finally switched and shut down. Was it a Chris Paul jumper? I don't it remember a, the exact play. I thought it was a Booker jumper, but you might be maybe right. It was Booker. Chris Paul. But yes, it's ironic because I've been asking for for like the past seven games and they give it to me tonight. But you know what? Who cares? We got the win. Exactly. You get the win. That's all you could ask for. Ball and Wallen said, had Book frustrated. Refs bailed him out in the second half. Yet there was such a big call. Like I Look, Devin Booker's stat line would not look the way it does right now had Vanderbilt not picked up that fourth foul, which was a questionable call. Um, the referees reviewed it even and gave the foul to Vando instead of Booker. I thought Booker fouled him first, but in any event, Booker finishes 11 of 16 for 33 points, which is incredibly efficient. It looks like he dominated that game, but seven turnovers, and I don't think he's got 33 points if Vando doesn't pick up the fourth foul there. I think Vando was doing a tremendous job defending him, and it was when Vanderbilt was out of the game due to the officials 
making that decision that Booker really got going. Yeah, like if you if you look at the box score, the box score doesn't tell the whole story. Like you said, Devin Booker over thirty points once again. The the Suns shoot like forty seven percent from the floor. Well, I think thirty seven percent maybe from three. Maybe the numbers are off there. But in that first half, man, the defense was dominant, really uh, making Devin Booker have to work. Um, I think he only got like four or five shot attempts in that first half, actually, because of how the defense was playing them. And they were letting anybody else but Devin Booker beat them. And then Jared Vanderbilt got into foul trouble. And that's when the game kind of flipped on its head. But give the Lakers credit. They survived, hung through that stretch. And then the offense made the adjustment from the coaching staff. Like, hey, look, they can't guard these three plays. Let's run these three plays until they decide to to stop it. And they weren't able to. And and that's what I love. Like, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Nope. If you're running something and it's working, keep running it until they prove they can stop it. And they, and they couldn't. And that was fantastic. I thought it did a uh, great job by the coaching staff there. Retro Hip Hop Reviews, D'Lo's sneaky great in this game. Yeah, let's just talk about it. Let's just. Let's 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 do this. Superstar of the night. All right, Sean. I think we have three options here. Anthony Davis, 27 points, nine boards, five assists, one steal. D'Angelo Russell, 26 points, six assists on nine of 13 shooting. Austin Reeves, 25 points, 11 assists on six of 10 shooting and 12 of 13 at the free throw line. Uh who are you going with? Who is your superstar of the night? I would assume you're picking from those three. Yes, I am picking from one of those three. And I hadn't really thought about it much, but uh, I'm going to go AD. AD was okay. great, especially in the second half. Give Austin and D'Lo and basically everybody else a ton of credit for kind of surviving without Anthony Davis. But that third quarter, that second half, honestly, but really that third quarter, when Devin Booker got going, Anthony Davis also got going, and it balanced each other, it balanced it out. He went to the fourth quarter, should have been up six, but Wendy Gabriel making a really bad decision, had it down three, but um, up three, excuse me. But I'm going to go AD. AD was awesome. Kudos to Austin and, and D'Lo for sure, though. So I'm going to go with, since you win AD, I will go Austin Reeves. D'Lo was fantastic. He was efficient. But I thought so much of this game, uh, Austin was the guy in the backcourt for the Lakers. I mean, especially his ability to get to the free throw line. 13 free throws tonight for Austin Reeves. His ability to get to the free throw line is, it's incredible. Um, and, And he makes them. He makes them at a high percentage. The Lakers in moments where... Anthony Davis is struggling. You need to find a way to manufacture points and getting to the free throw line can be a way to do that. And Austin has definitely learned that craft. He had 13 free throws tonight, 18 free throws last game. He's shooting 82% from the free throw line for the month of March. He's an above average or above 80% shooter on the season. And here's the other thing, Sean, because I know we're going to hear this. I'm going to see... I, I bet if I went and looked on Twitter right now, I would I would already be happening. Suns fans are going to say, well, look at the free throws. They're going to say, look at the free throw discrepancy. The Lakers shot so many more free throws than the Suns did. 20 free throw attempts for the Suns, 46 attempts for the Lakers. But, but, John, you brought up the point. 
if you find something that works, you keep going to it, right? The Lakers found that the Suns could not stop them in the paint without fouling them. So the Lakers on the night had 17 three-point attempts. 17. They average 30, just shy of 32 three-point attempts on the season. In the NBA, the lowest three-point attempt average for a team is the Chicago Bulls at 29 per game. The Lakers took 17. That's why they were at the line, because they were living in the paint, because they were running that pick and roll, and Austin does such a great job getting in there, and the Suns couldn't stop him without fouling him. So when I look at that free throw discrepancy, I say, yeah, but I would expect it, given the fact that all the Lakers' shots were coming either at the basket or at very at the very least in the paint. Yeah, like they couldn't guard they couldn't guard Austin Reeves without fouling. They couldn't guard Anthony Davis without fouling. I mean, that's what I think had the most free throws. Like AD had what ten free throws. Austin, uh, let me pull up the box score. Austin Reeves tonight he had thirteen free throw attempts. Like it, you guard the Lakers' two primary offensive initiators without fouling. There you go. You take away half the free throws. But like you said, the Lakers had a point of emphasis of, hey, we're going to attack the paint and our three-point attempts are going to be mostly generated off of paint touches. And um, again, phenomenal game plan. And yeah, Suns, get get to the rim if you want foul. Stop shooting jumpers. Oh, and here it is. What, what did I just say, Sean? Here it is. Melissa Rowland at Melissa Rowland reporting. Monty Williams was extremely frustrated with the free throw disparity. He answered one question and walked off in his post game. Learn how to guard without fouling. Ace of hearts. Great win. Reeves is definitely a starter. And I loved AD waking up in the second half chance to go 500 on a Friday for the third time. Will they do it? Sean, are they going to be 500 after they take on OKC? Yes. He says, yes, he says, yes. Um, So, AD waking up. Why? Why did why did AD wake up in the in the second half? What happened there? I don't think it was more so like AD waking up because when you say AD waking up, I think that means like he didn't play with energy. I thought his energy was fine in the first half, but I thought in the second half, like the offensive adjustment was okay. What are specific actions to get AD the ball? We talked about this actually heading into halftime, Trevor. The yeah. Lakers were – the way to get AD the ball in the first half was high screen and roll. You got to hit the AD on the roller, right? But like you called out, the low man for the Suns, he was guarding Jared Vanderbilt. So you just leave Jared Vanderbilt and now the lob is in there. Lakers said, okay, crap, that's not working. Okay, let's go to some other different series of ours. And I, the, the, it just opened everything up especially when AD had the ball in his hands and he got to create now that the Suns have to find different ways to send the help. And then AD gets to see everything. And I, I thought it was great. I, I think that was the biggest thing, just allowing AD to create for himself a little bit more and not have to be a play finisher, um, which has been the biggest problem. I think where you talk about AD's shot attempts and his aggressiveness, um, in, in recent games. So I think that's really what it was, Trevor, just the play calling for Anthony Davis. Yeah, I I liked the way they were getting him the ball. I liked his patience, too. I liked yeah. the way that he was, was reading the defense and and he was making the appropriate decision. He made a couple of tough fallaways that I don't think you can count on him to make all the time. 
But I sure. also liked, I think we've been missing this. I also liked that there were moments where you could just feel AD look up and say, that's Jock Landale defending me. He can't stop me. And AD just went through him. Yeah. Just went through him, either got went went baseline and got a dunk, went up over him. You know, I mean, he just said, I'm better than you. So I, so this ball is going in the basket. I feel like we've been missing that the past few games. And so that was fantastic to see in the second half of this game. To see AD make that recognition again and just say, nope, I'm scoring right now. And there's nothing you can do about it. We needed that so bad. Uh, just busy said, yo, Trev dog, next time you get Reeves on the pod, can you hook him up with your tattoo, man? I don't know if he's a tattoo guy. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can suggest it to him, but I, I'll ask him if he, if he plans on getting any tattoos or not. The problem with tattoos, I, I, and I can speak from experience here is once you get one, you don't stop. You just wind up getting more and more and more. It's just, it's the way it goes. The way it goes. Uh, Christian Mendoza. Great win. Someone made a comparison that Reeves is our Jeff Hornacek. Makes the right plays, hits threes, and free throws. It's not bad. Not bad. I don't know. Who who is Austin Reeves? Who's his what's his comp? Um Austin Reeves. I don't know, man. I, I typically like also suck at player comps. That's why what I do draft evals i rarely ever do them because i'm terrible with it but i don't know think of a guy that can shoot play defense at a pretty good level pass but like a role somebody's like gordon hayward that's like weirdly not bad but like a, a smaller better gordon hayward because gordon hayward gordon is what hayward. six eight yeah a smaller gordon hayward and a better defender i've seen people say um a right-handed Manu. Yeah, that's going in the I, chat a lot, Manu. Yeah. I mean, these these are all like these are all, you know, you're you're setting we're setting the bar high with a lot of these, right? I mean, Gordon Hayward, like we think of him now, but he was really good. Um Manu, obviously, in, incredible, incredible player. Uh, but yeah, he's he's great. He's he's been great. In fact, here J Dog Lakers fan said Reeves is too smooth. Give him the bag and get him a Gucci while you're at it. Yeah, look, whatever it is, if it's you can get him on that, that um, you can get him on the uh, the mid level essentially. Um, it would be a little bit bit less than that, but you get him on the early bird contract. It would essentially be four years, fifty million. If you can get him to sign that, great. If another team comes along and offers him more, you don't let him get away. You just don't. You're the Lakers. Whatever it is, you're matching it. Jeremy, let's keep playing in the traditional gold jerseys at home. Throw the purple away unless we're on the road. I don't know. Okay, Sean, speaking for the the younger generation, does it bother you when they wear purple at home? I'm 45, Trevor. What are you talking about? That that is true. Um, that is true. Jokes. But um, when I when they wear the purple, I don't like the purple jerseys anyway. I prefer last year's purple. If we're being honest. Oh, okay. Okay, but, I, I I actually prefer this year's, but but so you're saying just in general you don't like it doesn't matter if they're home or, or road. No, like don't okay. wear them. <laughs> okay, okay, so you want the purple's god period. All right, I I would prefer just gold at home, purple on the road, 
You want to throw in an alternate every now and then, cool. And you wear the whites on Sunday. That's sure. it. It's simple. That that's that's my preference. But uh, Ree, how many games out of the nine left do you think the Lakers have, have to win to at least make the play-in? To make the play-in, no matter the seeding, five. You think they have to go go five and four? Yeah, five and four really like to to keep pace. And five and four does that get you to five hundred? Yeah, it does. So. If you want to just get in the play in, yeah, I think five. I think you can go four and five. Okay. If among your four include two wins over the Jazz. Okay. That's that's how I'm I'm looking at that. And then and that's not a certainty, but because you just got that win, that would be five and five over your last ten. Right. And then right. if you have two wins over the Jazz, that helps push them down. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, and you are have there? Oh, the- Go ahead. Would you have the title if that's the case? The tiebreaker? I'm not sure. I need to look into that because I think they're 0-2 right now against Utah, which would then go to – they're not in divisions. So that would go to conference record. Um, Let me see. In terms of conference record, the Jazz oh, – actually close. The Jazz are 22-23 and 23 in conference. The Lakers are 21-24. and 24. If you get those two wins over the Jazz and hand them two losses, in theory, that would get you that tiebreaker, most likely, depending on what you do in the rest of your games. Uh, Chris Buizzi said, and you may know this, Sean, because you were talking about this on playback, are there any Austin Reeves jerseys because I want one? So the only way that I know of is, like, you go, you get a custom jersey, right? And then there's, like, options to pick from one of the Laker players, and you do it that way. That's the only way that I know of. There's really no Austin Reeves jerseys. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think it's like one or two, oh, but like not I, the one that I want. Oh, okay. You want a specific one. Yeah, I've, I'm seeing a gold one here. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a like I want the jersey. classic white. Yeah. Okay. If there are not, I get there's those. I'm sure they're being printed right now. Uh, Koa, love the Reeves and D'Lo combo to start. Both can shoot, create their own shot. Good passers, especially Reeves. AD was great and aggressive tonight. Yeah, nothing to. I, I agree with all of that there. A uh, journeyman, 2585, said AD finally woke up. It was great to see him. Great to see him go. Uh, Realize something and got to give Sean credit. It's 30% AD, 60% coaching. We don't run the offense. 
through AD. That's why he has games like that. He's never in the low block, catches at the three. Coaches need to make the adjustment. Somebody gave I'll, me credit for something? Wow. Someone I'm gave not, you credits wow. for something, Sean. Look at that. Look at that. Wow. Um, what's what's your response to that, since this is directed to you? Uh, thank you for preaching the gospel. I agree. Is it, I'll, I'll say this. It's not always easy. Like, people... We we think of well, you've got a big, so I mean, remember Shaq? All you just post him up, give him the ball, right? That NBA doesn't exist anymore, though. So sometimes we think, oh, you need to get eighty the ball, put him on the low block, and post him up. That's not always an easy entry pass to make, given today's the way NBA defenses play today. So I, I just want to throw that. I'm not saying this is wrong in any way. I think it's correct. I'm just saying it's not always as easy as, oh, just post him up and give him the ball that way. Sometimes you have to find other ways to get it to him. Right. I mean, I guess my, my whole point was not at, like you said, not necessarily the low block, but like just getting him the ball. And if like the Suns took away one option, like 80s not getting any, any uh, role opportunities. Cool. What's your other option? High post, top of the key, low block. Like there should never, a defense should never be able to take away one option. And you're like, well, okay, 80's just not going to score tonight. Like that should never happen. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, that should never. The the response should never be, well, I guess AD is going to have 12 points for us, right? That's right. You you just you can't do that. And who does that? Nobody does that. No team in the NBA, like the Suns, aren't going to say, oh well, Devin Booker's just not going to score tonight. They're going to do stuff to get him open and do what they can to because they need him to. Uh, Kyle Hampton. There we go. That's my Lakers. About time we beat Phoenix. Now, again, yeah, did you know they haven't beat Phoenix in a couple of years? Like a nine-game losing streak, right? Yeah, something like that. Now we got to end this uh, this abomination of a losing streak to, to the Clippers. That kind of blasphemy cannot continue. Uh, Koa, Reeves is reaching Harden, Embiid, or Trey territory at drawing fouls, and I'm all for it. At the moment, I think he's our second option and third when Braun is back, not D'Lo. Is that crazy to slot Reeves ahead of D'Lo in the pecking order? Yes, only because I still think D'Lo is a more consistent scorer. But if you want to put Reeves third, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, and then about the first part, my my point, because I, I see a lot of people that aren't really Laker fans get frustrated with Reeves and the fouls. You watch the the foul calls tonight on Reeves and tell me which one wasn't a legit foul. Like, because there, there are players that think getting to the free throw line and drawing fouls is a legitimate skill. DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler, um, I mean, Reeves now, honestly. I mean, Harden, Young, although, sure. Right, but like, but nobody gets like Harden, Young territory to a certain extent, that's foul baiting. Like, that's when you talk about foul baiting. I think Reeves, Butler, there's a couple other guys that come to mind. Is, is a legitimate skill get drawing fouls again to the free throw line. But um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously been a big part of his game and I mean, look, we, we've spent years complaining about other teams doing this to the Lakers and just getting to the foul line. And now the Lakers have somebody doing it for them. And by the way, the Lakers have led the NBA in free throw attempts per game since the trade deadline. And also, led the NBA in free throw attempts against, meaning nobody has fewer free throws shot by opposing teams than the Lakers do, which I'm sure 
I'm sure fans of other teams will rally around that. But yeah. Uh, Shane says, we finally got our own free throw merchant. Yeah, that's exactly the point I was making there. I can't believe it. Austin is so skilled at getting defenders to bite. I think part of it is Austin is just so patient. He waits yeah. for and, and he doesn't panic and force the shot if it's not there. And that often leads defenders to, to bite at the last second. And then he gets himself to the line that way. Yeah. Again, it's, it's a skill for Austin. Like you said, the word's patient. And he's just super, super solid and crafty in general. Uh, Wesley, AD, Reeves, and D'Lo going off for 20-plus is exactly what we need every night. Every night, that's, that's uh, quite the expectation. <laughs> sure, but, I mean, 20-plus for two of them and, sure. like, 15 for the other? Is that out of the question? As long as the 20-plus is AD and the guy that gets 15 is one of the other two. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think you're you're right there. Thank you right there. All right, let's get into uh, another award here. Let's do this one. Star in your role. Okay, so a lot of focus on the big three. Uh, the, the big three tonight, Reeves, Elo, Anthony Davis. Uh, we've spent a lot of time singing their praises, and I, I'm assuming we could just give, since neither of us picked Elo, the star in your role award really should go to D'Angelo Russell. But so let's officially, that'll be the pick but let's use this as an opportunity to sing the praises of someone else. Um, who is it that you would pick that's not D'Angelo Russell? This is a lot easier than the other award, Jared Vanderbilt. Like the second time since he's been a Laker where I can honestly say he changed the game. Um, in the first time I'm thinking of is the Dallas game back. Uh, the one we came back from, not, not the most Luka. recent one, obviously. Yes. Um, so he, he changed the game that time, his defense tonight, did a decent job or scored as much as he could. I think he had, what, 13 points maybe tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, he was spectacular. And like we mentioned, Devin Booker really only got going when Jared Vanderbilt uh, got in foul trouble on a really 50-50 call that, unfortunately, with the Suns way. But, um, yeah, kudos to Vando. He was spectacular. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Vanderbilt. You know, I would give a shout-out to Wenyon, but obviously the the play at the end of the third quarter – Kind of takes that away from him. I thought Dennis Schroeder did a, a, a solid job defending. Not a solid job defending Devin Booker, which I wouldn't expect him to, but uh, but a solid job defending Chris Paul. So we can mention that and also hit a couple of, of shots, uh, important shots in the um, in the fourth quarter and six free throw attempts. He did a nice job too, even in the first half of when the Lakers offense was struggling to get something going, getting himself to the free throw line. So Schroeder should probably get a little shout out there as well. David said Not love the defensive uh, David said, love the defensive intensity throughout the game, uh, especially in the fourth. We need second half AD yesterday uh, and for the remainder of the season, play in and playoffs. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what, and I thought that the Lakers kind of started a little bit slow, but over the course of the game, they did the little things they needed to do to win. There were some bumps in the road along the way, but they were the better team tonight. And I thought some of that was how focused they they were. Again, there were some some mistakes, some miscues for sure, but they were the more focused team. And this is what a team that must win looks like in terms of playing with with that desperation that you're going to be switched on for ninety nine percent of the game. And I think that's what we saw from the Lakers tonight. Yeah, didn't the Lakers like after I think he got the lead to maybe. No, 
the Suns had the lead post the first quarter, but the Lakers basically second quarter on had the lead the entire game after the second quarter. Um, so that that's just great. And then what, the only problem I was going to say about Dennis is the only thing that irritates my soul with Dennis Schroeder is he just can't get the ball to AD. Like for whatever yes. reason, he just can't get it to AD. It was the, it was a play where uh, AD got Chris Paul switched on him. And AD is just like shouting and screaming, jumping up and down. And Dennis like has his head turned, looking the opposite direction. Like, dude, look, find the guy that's like seven foot with a six foot dude on him. Like, come on, man. Uh, Johnny, and you were absolutely right on that. On that, John, that is a good point. Uh, Johnny said Reeves is a product of hard work. Showing once more, uh, yes, indeed. You know, he made a comment recently in one of his post games that, and I didn't, I didn't know this. Um, that he only played one year of AAU ball. Hmm. You know that? Because he was a baseball player. Gotcha. So he only played, so he didn't even really start focusing on basketball till later on. Hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Um, Okay. Let's talk about this because somebody was talking about, uh, somebody in our chat, and it, it flew past me, I missed it, but Rui Hachimura. Rui was, I mean, 13 minutes, 0 for 3, uh, two rebounds, no points. Kind of a no-show from Rui. I, was this just you needed Vanderbilt in to defend uh, to defend Booker, and so Rui's minutes get cannibalized that way, and you just move on to the next one? Yeah. Is, that, is that the way we're looking at this for Rui Hachimura? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's how you should look at it. I think Rui has been consistently good enough to be like, okay, he was 0 for 3. I feel like when he was on the floor even, they were trying to force stuff for him, and the Suns did a good job recognizing it and making every look tough. But, yeah, you, you just needed Vanderbilt tonight. And in a game like this, it just wasn't a game for Rui. I think Oklahoma City could be a game for Rui for the same reason it was last time. You could use yeah. him on the glass use them to stretch the floor out a little bit and, and open the lanes up for guys like AD and stuff like that. But tonight just wasn't a game for him. And that, and that's, that's all it has to be. Yeah. It was one night and we'll move on and you move on to the next one for him. Maddie James for Reeves to only be in his second season and going undrafted. He plays like he's been in the league for years and makes winning plays every time out. Yeah. He's been, been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I, I love what we've seen out of, out of Austin Reeves and just, he plays under control. He plays under control and does a great job. Does a great job. Zach says, man, Trevor, I'm going to have to get an Austin Reeves jersey. Yeah. Pick one up. Pick one up. Jay said the trio of playmakers, Dennis, Reeves, and D'Lo, makes for a great closing lineup. All three have a different offensive game but are willing to make the right play. John, I see you reacting to that. What are you? What are you thinking there? I thought tonight it kind of worked because the Suns are very guard oriented themselves. You could hide like a D'Lo on a Tory Craig or something like that. But in a normal game, no. I think really you only need two of those guys because a lot of times when you have all three on the floor, it makes one of them kind of redundant. Like you don't need them. So whether that guy is Dennis, D'Lo, or Austin, like it just, there's just no point of having them on the floor, right? And you much rather, like, against OKC, you'll probably need the size, right? So, like, go uh, 
D'Lo in, in Austin, Troy, a wing, and AD, like something along those lines. Um, tonight it worked, though, so kudos. I think they are, um, all three of them, very different in terms of how they approach initiating an offense. Yep. And so that's a good thing for the Lakers because you can attack a team in a lot of different ways with your with whoever is your lead ball handler at the moment or whoever happens to be initiating on that particular play. And Dennis has come up big in fourth quarters in the past for the Lakers, and I think his feistiness on defense is a is a benefit. But I wouldn't be married to all three of them being on the floor at the same time because I do think it's a little bit undersized, and there's moments where you're going to want to be bigger depending on the matchup. Uh, Jimmy said, Dallas is protesting tonight's game. Why didn't the Lakers protest some of their games? The refs blew. It doesn't make sense. So Dallas, if a ref misses a call, they call a foul that should be, they call a foul one way and it should have gone the other way. Um, That's one thing. Dallas is, is protesting a game saying the rules were incorrectly applied. Not that it was a, a missed call, Dallas is, is contending, Mark Cuban is contending that the referees changed a call during a timeout, then didn't tell the Mavs that the call was changed, and that suddenly the Warriors had the ball. And so the Mavs players were lined up on the wrong end of the floor because they thought it was their ball, and that gave two points to the Warriors because they got to score with no defense on the floor against them. Um, so that's what they're saying, and they're, and they're protesting. Now, you rarely see these protests work, referees accounts will be taken in, into into consideration and then the league will go from there but but they're saying that that the rules it wasn't like it was a a call got missed or something like that because that, that's going to happen over the course of the game they're going to say that that this was something beyond that something where a rule was incorrectly applied and the team was not notified that it was no longer their ball um i've seen people out there saying and i, I haven't seen the exact play of, of what happened yet so i'm prefacing all this with that but I've seen people making the argument that what they think happened was the referees pointed to Dallas to signal that Dallas was calling timeout. And Dallas took that as believing that they were pointing to them saying it was their ball. And that's not what the, and there was some confusion there. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but teams do protest games from time to time. Rarely does something come of it. It's happened a few times where a game has been, a portion of a game has been replayed. But again, it's very, very rare. Yeah, and that's what it looks like. It looked like, you know, the ref, you can actually see if you watch the play, look like the ref on the baseline called out of bounds, Warriors ball, and, and then at the Matt bench signaling a timeout. Even Kavon Looney was confused, but that's what it looked like. Okay. All right. I mean, it's something we'll keep an eye on and see what happens. But uh, Jerome said, if Reeves keeps playing like this, can you afford him? Okay. So, Yes. You can afford him. And Keith Smith and I did a video. It's on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Lakers Nation. We broke down the whole thing. Uh, we did it about a week ago, and you can find it there. We In depth, it's about 15 minutes or so. So if you really want to know all the details of what the Lakers would have to do to keep Austin Reeves, it's there. That's there for you. Go check that out if you want in-depth and everything. But the bottom line, the cut to the chase, is yes, they can afford him because they will have matching rights even if a team comes along, the most the Lakers can offer him right now this summer will be about four years, 50 million. That's the most they can offer him. Another team can offer more. The Lakers can match that offer though, because of something called the arenas provision. The downside of that being that what would happen is Austin's salary would become a, what's called a poison pill, which would mean that the first two years, let's say it's a four year deal. The first two years, 
would be about 11, 12 million and change. So let's say 11 million and change the first year, 12 million and change the second year. And then the third year and fourth year would go way up. I'm talking about like 25 million, maybe 27 million, depending on what a team's offering him in total. They did it that way so that the Lakers would be able to match uh, that that contract for the first two years. But then it balloons the, after that. Uh, Omer Oshik had a contract like that back in the day. Jeremy Lin had a contract like that. Uh, Tyler Johnson, like we've seen a few guys have these before and it can be tough when you're a team that's capped out, that you're in the tax and suddenly a guy is making double what he did the year before just because of that situation. But that said, if I'm the Lakers, even if that's the situation I get into, I'm not letting that stop me. I'm not letting Austin Reeves get away. I'm invoking my match rights and I'm keeping him. Yep. Nico. Said Drummond curse is finally broken. LA had another great chance to be 500 or has another great chance to be 500 against OKC, especially if Shea Gildas Alexander doesn't play. Well, the Thunder have commented that it, Mark Dagnall has said that, yeah, maybe Shea will start playing back to backs. So, yeah, I think they will see him on Friday. Uh, looking forward to the LeBron update tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, LeBron James will get reevaluated and hopefully we'll get some news on him. I'll have to keep an eye on. We'll see ultimately what happens there. Uh, Austin Reeves is clutch. AD3, he said, got it that time. Uh, just <laughs> as much. He said AD6 uh, was said last time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was great to see it. It was great to see. Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Jerry C said Austin Nash. Austin Nash. I don't no, like Sean. comparing players to Hall of Famers. I yeah. don't personally. Sean, I'll let me say this. This is not the first time I have heard this comparison. Really? And not and and I heard this comparison not from a fan. Ooh. From, from someone within the league. Okay. Well, not well, yes. So I've heard this before. I don't think Austin has great vision, but Steve Nash had this insane, insane feel, yeah. right? That was, I mean, otherworldly. And Austin, who knows? Maybe Austin gets there someday. But to me, that is setting an extremely high bar for Austin's passing skills, which I think are very, very good. But you're asking him to be like an all-time great passer. If you can now, if you want to look at every other part of his game and talk about just kind of how he reads a defense, his ability to probe and find shots and not the most athletic guy, but is able to get his shots off against most players and can get his way to the free throw line just by reading how off balance players get and things like that. I get that. It's the passing piece that holds me back on, on that. Yeah. And again, I personally just don't like comparing young players to hall of famers. It's just like not fair to them. Yeah. Because, like, then if they don't – like, imagine say, okay, Austin Reeves' comp is Steve Nash, and Austin Reeves instead for his career, he's Kyle Lowry. You're going to say, oh, well, Austin Reeves flopped. Kyle Lowry is still a really, really good player. He's an all-star, but he's not Steve Nash, right? So – and maybe Kyle Lowry is a Hall of Famer, but, you know, maybe that's a bad comparison, but I digress. I, I get the point, though. I get the point. Um Shay Jordan said, Master Lock Booker 
shooting behind the glass and getting free throws. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? like he's behind the backboard. That was so bad. And he gets free throw attempts for that. Um, I compared it, maybe this is a bad comparison, but I compared it to a quarterback overthrowing the receiver by 20 or 30 yards and getting a PI yeah. call. No, that's perfect. That's like, like dude. He's not going to catch that. What are we talking the ball about? Has to be, it has to be in play at, at least. Jeez. Wicked Bronco. Another Austin Reeves masterclass, superstar of the night. Maybe not a superstar, but he will be a star player and key guy for the Lakers in the future. Post LeBron build around Austin Reeves and D'Lo and AD. I was wrong. I hate Phoenix more. Devin Booker is a baby. Master lock the refs. I have Phoenix fans uh, already upset about that. Phoenix fans are angry at the officials. So, are, do you should the refs be master locked from this game, Sean? No, the Lakers shot 44 free throws. I'm perfectly okay. <laughs> right? I mean, like, there was, sure, there was a couple of bang-bang calls that went the Suns' way that we weren't fans of. There was a couple that went our way, too. So, like, yeah. no. Um, I thought the refs were just fine. Isaiah Biafania said, small sample size, but what would Austin's contract look like if he continues to play like this? Can we keep him? All right, I, I, Isaiah, I appreciate the super chat. I did just, just address that one, so I won't rehash it. But, um, oh, Ricardo says, playback is dope. Oh, well, thank you, Ricardo. We have a we have a great time over there during the game. It is uh, it is a lot of fun. Senpai, my guy, Senpai NFT said, "Crazy how it feels like we treat our superstar like a baby." Glad to see Austin Reeves finally starting. For context, the previous starting five was minus twelve on the season. Um, I think he's talking about Anthony Davis. As far as do we do we treat Anthony Davis poorly, Sean, when he's not playing well, like? Like you need to, to coax him into getting going. Um, treat him for like from a fan base standpoint, or from like a like. You know, I think this this goes into, and I don't know if this is what Senpai was referencing, but Patrick Beverly today was talking about how, uh, or maybe it was yesterday, but the, it really made the rounds today that in Chicago, if he has a bad game, he doesn't hear about it. Whereas in LA, if he has a bad game. He hears about it and people are calling him a bum on social media and all this kind of stuff and saying, get him out of here. And I do see that from Lakers fans. I do see that kind of stuff going around. But the flip side to that is if you are a, if you are the guy, like look at Austin Reeves, right? If you're a guy who is producing and leaves it all on the floor, LA fans will love you forever, right? I mean, Look at look at Pau Gasol and the emotion behind that jersey retirement. Now there were a few LA fans that got frustrated with Pau towards the end of his career, but look at Alex uh, Caruso. You want to talk about a role player? Caruso, Laker fans yeah. are still bothered about that one, right? So I think it swings both ways. I, I think it swings both ways. Where if you're a guy who has success, there's and Lakers fans demand success, right? And if you're able to help provide that, then you're royalty in LA forever. And look at Derek Fisher, right? Man. Right? So, I don't know. Like, I get that LA fans can get down on a player when they're not playing well. But it does go the other way, too. And that's that's the good side of it. All I'm going to add on top of that, 
um, is I, I think it can be a little overly critical at times, but you know, it, it kind of is what it is to a certain extent. And with Pat Bev, I mean, like that whole podcast, I've only saw like clips of it or whatever, but that whole podcast is the exact reason why Pat Bev is going to be able to do a whole bunch of podcasts when he retires and maybe work for ESPN. Cause he's just a mag, whatever Pat Bev says, he knows it's going to get attention. Like remember when he went at ESPN and said effectively, Chris Paul sucks. There's yeah. no way he believes that, but Pat Bev says it, Pat Bev gets likes. Well, that's, that's the other thing, right? Like Patrick Beverly might not actually believe what he's saying there, but it's going to get attention. So he's saying it, right? He's setting up for his post-playing career. He's what, 34 years old? He's setting, yeah. just like Dream on Green, right? He's got, he's got his podcast. He's got all that stuff. They're setting themselves up and they're doing a great job of it, but setting themselves up for their post-playing career. And you know, if you say something inflammatory that's going to get picked up by a lot of outlets and going to get talked about, just like we're talking about it now, um, that's just going to help you. That's just going to help your, your footprint that much more. So that's a piece to this too, where I, it's not quite to the extent of, you know, like a, one of the debate shows where you're like going, okay, well, this guy's just taking this side and that guy's taking that side so they can oppose each other. Do they really believe what they're saying or not? How much of this is just a show just for effect? Um, I don't know if I can go that far with it, but I do kind of take it with a grain of salt because I know it's, I'm, I'm trying to get attention by, by saying stuff like this. Right. Um, M dread Austin Reeves going to get offered 400 year, four years, 100 million got to match. Is that impossible? Is that even possible? Yeah, I, I don't think he can get offered quite that much. Um, I believe he can get a 25. I have to dig into the numbers and see exactly what he can get, but yeah, I don't believe he can actually get offered that much. That's a, a gotcha. bit higher than he can. Um, the difference was RP says the difference was AD demanded the ball. A double team should not be able to nullify AD, demand the ball in the post, and do damage. I mean, he demanded the ball. They also ran more stuff for him. Yeah. This they they ran stuff that got him the ball and not got him the ball behind the three-point three, three point line. Um, got him the ball in areas where he could do some damage. And, and it doesn't have to be the post. It doesn't have to be the post. Yeah, it could be the elbow. It could be at the nail top of the key maybe and you know you want some cutter stuff like that i do agree when he got going he definitely started demanding the ball but yes they ran certain stuff to get him free and that's what really got his momentum going well and i thought in the first half it felt like there were a lot of moments where ad was going up and setting the screen and then just kind of floating around the perimeter and he would roll right. a little bit but the suns would cover it because they're not going to defend defando in the corner and that was about, that was that. did you say defando they're not going to defend vando uh, in, oh, in I was about to say, like, that actually works. Devando, that works. You should say that. <laughs> Devando? Yeah, that kind of works. You like that? Oh, no. Made... For those of you guys who don't know, over on over on Playback, we do nicknames for everybody. Like, if D'Angelo Russell shoots a three, he's three Angelo. Some of them we stretch a little bit. When Anthony Davis gets an and one, he's and one Anthony Davis. Um, most people don't like that. I do. <laughs> so I keep doing it. But... Uh, we have nicknames for everybody. Uh, if, Va- if Jared Vanderbilt gets an and one, it's a vand one. Um, Devando is defensive vando. Uh, 12 DeLorean said, I like Austin Reeves as a starter. Good attitude. Yeah, be mad. Uh, yeah. Uh, Austin Reeves is great as a starter. Maddie James, Austin Reeves playmaking and passing, I feel, is a bit underrated. He does it all. 
Uh, this is why Reeves is... This is why I would take Reeves over, say, Alex Caruso. Because his game is much more... His offensive game is much more developed than, than Caruso, but his game is more well-rounded. Caruso is probably the better defender between the two. But Austin wins essentially every other area. Uh, he just has a very well-rounded game. Austin... Austin, like like the gap between Austin's defense and Caruso's defense is a lot smaller than the gap between Austin's offense and Caruso's offense. Yes. And Austin's also younger and a little bit bigger. And then going back to the last comment, um, yeah, Austin, be mad. I, I think you got a little extra motivation from your phenomenal Twitter post today, Trevor. <laughs> they got a lot of traction, like yeah. just phenomenal um yeah the lakers clearly got to mode that's why they were more focused today they said trevor lane posted this on twitter gosh darn it we better play our, our asses off for him. i was i was tired of all the doom and gloom that i was seeing out there every time i i do you know each day over on my twitter account at trevor underscore lane i, I post what lakers fans should root for what's going to help the lakers in the in the standings and i just get so i was getting so many negative responses and everybody is the sky is falling and this is awful and and all this stuff, and I'm out, and I'm done, and I, I'm quitting. I don't want to watch this team, and all this stuff. And so I was just responding to that. Um, I won't read through the whole thing, but it's it's over on my Twitter account. If you guys want to go find it, uh, at Trevor underscore Lane. Um, I, I said my piece there. Uh, Yeltsin said, Austin Reeves is growing so fast right in front of our eyes. So excited to see what his peak is. Hopefully Rob in the front office don't let him walk away like Caruso. Four years, 50 million. That is the early bird rights offer you could give the most the Lakers can offer him without having to match another uh, team's offer for him. If he is willing to do that, you don't let him out of the room. If Austin says yes, you say, here's a pen. There you go. Let's let's do this right now. Yep. Sean's got a pen right there. Let's sign this thing. And and furthermore, if I'm Rob Palenka, if I'm the Lakers, I say, uh, do you want it to be a two plus one with a player option on the third year? Would that get you to sign that? Do you want it to be a, a three plus one with the with a player option on the fourth year? Tell it whatever. How many how many years do you want, Austin? Tell us, and we'll do it. I know it's impossible, to, but do you want a ten year deal? We'll <laughs> throw in a, a player option like every year after year four, give you a baseball contract. <laughs> I like this this quote coming out of the post game. Mike Trudell uh, tweeted this out: D'Angelo Russell on Austin Reeves. I'm not going to lie to you. The dude is good, man. <laughs> analysis. D'Angelo Russell <laughs> gives some hard-hitting analysis. Uh, yeah, sir. Said AD was in attack mode tonight. We need this from him every single game. Sean, you've been making this point. A lot of it is the schemes the Lakers are running in order to get him the opportunities to attack. Yeah, and when when they run their stuff to get AD going, it's super, super hard to, to stop them. And I, I hope the, the video coordinator, who video coordinators often from personal experience get underlooked, I hope he takes the, like, second half, shoves it in Darmanham and Chris Jen's face and say, here, don't stop doing this. Keep doing this. Keep do, do these things. Yeah. Uh, Tiana Scott said, good job by him starting Reeves. Let's go, Lakers. Yeah, really, really quick. And by the way, peep the name. We beat the Suns. I'm allowed to celebrate. It's been like eight years, it feels. Um, oh, I did not even. I'm so used to seeing spaces there. It didn't even register. Sean beat the Suns Davis. I like it. Um, would you be mad if the if the Lakers went back to Beasley for the Thunder game? 
he still played 20 minutes. My only argument for that would be is you went with Reeves to start tonight for more of a matchup-based thing. I think he's too good. I think Reeves is too good to, to go away from him. I, I think he's too good. Like, even if – I think we're at a point where the matchups don't matter. Gotcha. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, think we're, I think we're at that point. Yeah. I agree. I was just asking because I know – I feel like this a possibility. Uh, 12 DeLorean said, uh, Vando is getting better on the offensive end. Good to see AD being aggressive. I mean, he got some opportunities right at the rim, and, and to his credit, he finished them. A lot of that is teams are paying so much attention to AD that he can kind of sneak in along the baseline and get some stuff. But he has struggled a bit to finish there at the rim. So it was good to see him doing that. What, what did he finish with tonight? Um, Vanderbilt finished with 13 points on 5 of 5 shooting and 3 of 3. Perfect night. 3 of 3 from the free throw line. And it didn't feel like he made a big offensive impact, but he just took what was given to him and, and dunked the ball. And, and you'll take that. Yeah, but I, I can't lie to you, Trevor. Like, just sitting here, this really hurts losing to Dallas and yeah. to Houston and to Minnesota. I was like, gosh, those losses hurt. Yeah, let's see. If you were to flip Dallas and Houston, the Lakers would be... 38 and 35 right now, and they would be tied for the five seed, which would put them in the six seed currently because they don't have the tiebreaker with the Clippers. And you play Phoenix and the Clippers one more time, dude. Yep. Yep. You would be, <laughs> you would be a game back of the Suns for the four seed right now. You'd be a game out of the four seed. Wow. That's how tight the West is. TC said, ah, oh, we won. Let's enjoy this one. Yep. Uh, let's, before we, you know, I know we're hitting the hour mark here. Let's, let's do the master lock. Cause I'm gonna have to think about this one. Master lock of the night. All right, Sean. What are we master locking from this game? A game which we're celebrating. The Lakers won. They changed the starting lineup. The adjustments the coaching staff made worked. The Lakers got a bunch of free throws. You can't complain too much about the officials. What are, what are you master locking from this game? Uh, the the Wenyon play at the end of the third quarter. That's literally the only thing that I have a problem with from tonight. Um I'm not going to lie. I almost said the fact that we could be the four or the five seed right now. I almost said that because that's really, really like irritating me just now thinking about it. Although I don't know how I feel about playing Phoenix in the, in the first round matchup, but still, man, the yeah. six seed. Oh, yeah, that's, that's rough. That's for sure. But I do agree. Um, I, and I can't go to anything else. I don't think, uh, when you, the play at the end of the third quarter, taking the ball out of the lay, out of their basket, goes to inbound the ball, goes to do the walk the dog thing, you know, where the Lakers try to run clock by just put. A lot of teams do this now, um, just roll the ball on the floor so that the clock is running, but the shot clock doesn't start, so you can just kill time. And if you do that, you know, five six times in a game or something like that, you could run off thirty seconds off the clock, forty seconds, which can definitely matter uh, if you're up in a game. So they try to do that. Wenyan doesn't see that a Suns player is coming. Kind of sees it at the last minute, tries to stop, 
and Booker ends up getting the ball and getting an and one after the Suns had just hit a three. So it winds up being a six-point trip down the floor and pulls the Suns to within three um, at the end of the third quarter. That, I think, is the moment to master lock. And I, and normally I try to find something else. I got to go with that as well. That that was very much an oh-no moment for me. I went, oh my gosh, if they wind up losing this game because of that play, it'll just be another game that they let slip away. It was a, a major, major mental mistake. And again, Wendian has done great things for this team this year. I liked what he's provided. That was just a big mistake in that moment. Yeah, that sucks. All right, let's do let's do a few more. Before we call it a night here, Matty James said Austin gets his revenge on Booker from the last time they faced each other. Love to see it. And he's the new Harden when it comes to getting to the line. He gets a he gets to the line a different way than Harden does, though. Like Harden is about like the defenders, he's finding the defender's arm and throwing his arms underneath the defenders and, and stuff like hooking guys and then going up with the ball. You don't see Austin doing that stuff. Um he gets to the line in a different way than that he's more he waits for a defender to get off balance and then is able to use that to his advantage yeah really really patient really really crafty uh muhammad said hi trevor please give a breakdown on how we can bring everyone back the whole squad and add one more three and d wing for icing the cake and who it could be thank you so i actually did this on a show recently it was a few podcasts ago I don't remember. We've done a lot of them, so I don't remember off the top of my head which one it was, but I broke down the whole thing. I took like 10 minutes out of the show and broke down the whole thing. And I I specifically was addressing why, if we're looking at it as D'Angelo Russell, double sign and trade for Kyrie, it's not really D'Lo for Kyrie. It's your depth for Kyrie because of what it would mean in terms of a hard cap and the decisions you would have to make and the contracts you would have on the books you would have to lose regardless of what path you took to try to get Kyrie, whether it was cap space or a double sign and trade, you would wind up losing almost all of your depth. Um, And and that was why I wasn't in favor of doing that. And so by doing that, I broke down the entire cap situation. Um, Essentially the short answer for why they can bring everyone back is bird rights. Uh, They have bird rights on most of the Rui, D'Lo, right? Feasley, even if they were to decline his team option, you still have have bird rights on him to bring him back on another deal. Um, all these guys, you've got bird rights on. You'd have early bird rights on Wenyan because uh, they had him for a, a year before. You've got early bird rights on Austin, right? So that's that's how you're able to keep all of these guys. The guys where you've got some tough deci- decisions becomes Troy Brown, Dennis Schroeder. Do you wind up using some of your taxpayer mid-level, which you're probably going to be a taxpayer? So do you use some of that to keep those guys or do you go look for somebody else? But part of the the benefit of doing the, the trades the Lakers – uh, completed at the trade deadline was not just the ability to have those guys for this year, but to have this group into the future and that these guys are, you know, Rui's what, 25, Delo's 27, right? These guys who are in their mid 20s, Vando uh, is 23, I think. Um, 25, 24, maybe actually. Yeah. So you've got these guys moving forward, and that's that's how you do it. You go over the cap, but you use bird rights in order to keep them. Yeah, and if you want a three and D wing, because like it, like Trevor said, I'm not going to go too too much longer. But if you want a three and D wing, you might you're probably just going to have to use your taxpayer to bring back Troy, and then maybe you can find another one in the draft. Um, get make that priority from your scouting department. Find another three and D wing in the draft. There's uh, there's a guy from UCF. I forget his name, but that's a real popular pick right now. 
And there's just a ton. This is a really good draft class from everything I'm hearing. Sean, I think the Lakers' next 3 and D wing is already on the roster. Max Christie, right? There we go. Right? I mean, I think that's, if you want to add a 3 and D wing, it's Max Christie develops for another year and you can turn to him. Yeah. Let, let me, I, I, and I think, I want to get your thoughts on Max, but so give me your thoughts on Max. And then I want you to tell me if you got to keep one of them, Dennis or Troy Brown, which one would you keep? Okay. So Max, I, I think when Max is already maximum Christy, that's right, Chad. When uh, Max has already played this year, I think he's been really, really good. Um, I, I think back to the Hawks game earlier in the year where he was phenomenal defensively and was a big reason why we won that game, pestering, uh, pestering DeJounte Murray and Trey Young and really making them work. I, I think he also has a, a little bit of like off the dribble ability, especially attacking closeouts, going to the two dribble pull up in the mid range area. Um, just keep refining the three point game and being a knockdown three point shooter. And I mean, like you, you can do that, man, shoot the three ball and play defense. Like Dorian Finney Smith gets paid like $65 million, not per year, obviously, but like he, he just got a massive contract because he could play defense and shoot like, and he played in Dallas and Dallas. There's obviously a lot of different reasons why he got that, but the gist is good defender, good three point shooter. If I had to pick between Dennis and Troy Brown, there's two arguments for both. My argument for like, if you wanna, the argument against Troy is let's give Max Christie more run and see what you have in him because you have to make a decision on Christie because you only gave him a two year deal. Um, so that's the argument against Troy. I still think you go Troy Brown Jr. though, because I think Christie can be more of a two and then slot Austin to be your backup point guard, or you can just throw uh, Austin to the starting lineup if you really wanted to. Um, but that's my pick. They're just just get all the 3 and D wings you can. You yeah. have Troy, you have Ruby. You know, Ruby's not technically a 3 and D, but Troy, Ruby, uh, Max, Vanderbilt, LeBron's a wing. Maybe you draft another one. Just get all the wings you can. I, I'm in agreement with that. I would also lean Troy, particularly because of his age. He's he's just That's he's it. the younger player with Schroeder. Um, I, I've got a quote here. This is from the Lakers Nation account at Lakers Nation on Twitter. Austin Reeves says his mindset didn't change after entering the starting lineup. I'm okay. Listen to this quote from Austin. I'm going to put this on my wall. Win, at all costs. Win. That's really all that matters. That's Austin's again, mindset going into the starting lineup. Just win at all costs. Again, he read your quote, man. I mean, he read your tweet. He did. Yeah. He did. He did. Uh, Adam Smith, Austin and D'Lo, best Lakers backcourt since Kobe retired. You might be right. <laughs> might be. Um, oh, hey, let me ask you this, Sean. And this isn't in our, in our chat, but um, is uh, D'Angelo Russell is the best Lakers point guard since D'Angelo Russell? Is that a true statement? He's the best playing Lakers point guard since D'Angelo Russell. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Playboy, Playboy Marcel said, OKC will be on their third game in four nights. When we see them, we should handle them. 
Do I not use the word handle. I would not use the word handle. <laughs> no. And do not overlook OKC. They are playing phenomenal. I was telling Keith Smith today over the front office show, like, I wish, I wish uh, the Lakers were not directly in competition with OKC because I would be so in on this team. I would be so behind them because they are, they execute as a team. They're playing the ball. They're playing the game the right way each and every night. They're phenomenal. And they're a lot of fun. Um, I wish they weren't head to head with the Lakers here and I could get behind them a little bit more, but um, it's, it's going to be a battle. And OKC is this team where every single time you try to make a run, they counter, they punch back. It is a battle. Like you have to be on the entire game and they will fight you the whole way. So you have to be ready for that. Yeah. I mean, and if, as long as if I'm right, Trevor, we're going to be in competition with them for a while. Cause my pick for Western conference finals next year is OKC and the Lakers. Ooh. So, but, I, get- I mean, I'm, I'm going to agree with everything you just said. They're, probably my favorite team to watch not in the lakers they're just shay's incredible mark dangnall's a great coach so yeah uh james bell said not reading my comments anymore i see james this is the first one i've seen (laughs) i don't know what other what other comments that you've had but that's the first one that i've seen i've been going through all uh christopher lava steel said do you think this team as currently constructed has enough to win a championship next year or do you think uh we need more such as an extra wing and another big. Uh, I think you need stuff around the margins. An extra wing and another big, yes. But I don't think they have to be... I don't think you have to go get a superstar and gut your roster and go three-star model or, or whatever. Like, I think this team can very much be in the mix. You might need more development from you know, some of these guys. Like, Austin really steps into his own next year. Um, things like that happening. Uh, D'Lo continues to, to improve, to grow some organic growth from the guys that you've got. And maybe you find a piece here or two there. You're doing some stuff around the market margins. You're almost certainly losing Lonnie this year. Who are you replacing him with? Um, some guys are going to walk away, but you're, you can add a few pieces around the margins, but I think the core of something very good is here. Yeah. And I, I said in the past, I think if everything went right for you this year, you can make a move that you can make a run this year. Like, LeBron comes back and he's a top 10 player still? Sure. Because the West is in parity. Like, who knows the status of Kevin Durant? Paul George just got hurt. The top seeds in the West are vulnerable. Like, you beat Denver twice. Once without LeBron, I think. Or maybe it was without AD. No, you beat Denver. The game AD messed up his foot. So, like, you've beaten all the top teams in the Western Conference. Um, And then... Now, out east is a bit different story because the two best teams are definitely in the east, but why not make a run this year and then run it back next year? Uh, Super Dope Hip Hop said, Ham, malpractice to not start Austin Reeves over Beasley day one. I mean, I was on board starting Reeves, but um, I understand what Ham was thinking, but the level Reeves is playing at right now, you you can't do anything else but start him. Uh, Ibaka. Should have been signed uh, the day Bamba got hurt. 7-5, one block, 50% field, 16 minutes per game last year, 54 games and only 33. Seven-foot championship experience, 152 playoff games, 36% from three. Yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, I mean, you could do a lot worse if you're just, if you're saying, hey, I need a break glass in case of emergency big to put in to the game every now and then. Um, I agree. I I don't know that you need to have 
um, another big at this point. Like, I would prefer to sign one, but if AD is going to play, and we don't know for sure, but if he is going to play in the upcoming back-to-back against the Clippers and the Jazz, it takes away some of the reason to add another big. Doesn't excuse the Lakers for not signing one before the Houston game when they knew AD was going to be out and Bamba was hurt. But, yeah, I mean, Ibaka wouldn't be a bad fit for you to go find. I'm still stuck on the fact that he's still 33. Right? Like. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Well, everybody, this was this was a great win for the Lakers. Um, great night. The team, Austin Reeves, D'Lo, uh, Anthony Davis doing some fantastic work out there on the floor. Other guys chipping in. Team effort. They get it done. It's fantastic to see. And I want to thank all of you for joining us live over here on YouTube. If you are listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you do subscribe over on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And if you wouldn't mind, give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. We certainly would appreciate it. Uh, Sean, this was a fun night. Let's do this again on Friday. Absolutely. Really, really quick before we wrap up, for the people who are on playback with this night, appreciate you all for tuning in. Come back tomorrow night. We'll be doing another live film breakdown, breaking out tonight's game and all that good fun stuff for the people that tuned in last night. It was a ton of fun. Come join us live. We'll chat uh, some X's and O's and some other stuff. And tonight's win. So appreciate you guys. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Go check that out over on playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. You can check out our social media accounts. We'll uh, do some promoting on that tomorrow. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.